0: Listener Production. Hello, I have snuck an extra episode of my podcast into your inbox to celebrate International Women's Day. My glorious producer, Nick McClure, and I wanted to put together a bonus episode to showcase our guests and the themes that resonate around this important event. Now, let's just put aside the fact that really every day should be about celebrating women. But as proud feminists, we wanted to mark the occasion with some of our guests and touch on some of the ideas that they've shared with us. You'll hear stories about celebrating women's achievements, raising awareness, influencing behaviour, smashing stereotypes, and challenging bias. And who better to kick us off the media superstar, Julia Morris? She's at a point in her life and career where she's over putting up with sexism. Listen as she talks about challenging bias and paving the way for young women as they make their way in the world.
1: After being actively uh, as easygoing as I could, um, the menopause created this reckoning within me, I don't know, that now... I am calling stuff out because I, for the four minutes that you feel confident in this industry, I feel confident enough to know if I've got a job for another 12 months, as long as I don't go too hard, I can start to call things out a little bit. Like there was one time uh, when we were in Africa early in our series and, you know, we co-produced with another production company in South Africa and they got Chris this great Big kind of Prado man, four wheel drivey kind of vibe, and they gave me like a little beep beep ladies' town car. Oh no! So <laughs> the sibling in me is like, how come he gets that? Okay, get, that's my immediate school of thought. And trying to actually say something. By the time I eventually say something, I go so hard that it's like a bushfire. Where you're like, I probably didn't need to go that hard. And now I'm learning to cut back the bushfire and say something like, if I just had gone in and said, hey, um, are we covering different terrain? Because I'm pretty sure we're going to the same locations. But now I feel like I can call some stuff out because people don't notice the discrepancy between men and women's stuff. Like at one point, because it was so remote, like we are really in the middle of the, the low veld uh, you know, which is what we call the jungle floor. Like we are out in it. You've got to walk 20 minutes into the bush to get anywhere near the set, you know. And when we first started to do that, they had a, because um, you've got to go out to the road. And the road is the only place where that sort of power is for a, Mobile toilet—you can't like, you know, those great big porta loos. But there wasn't a loo in its set because it was a—it was like a, a wooden playground essentially. And so, like a couple of weeks in, I'd be like, "Hang on, what, like, what are girls meant to do?" So you, you can't step off set. You certainly can't step off set for a half an hour. What walk fifteen minutes to where the toilet is and walk fifteen minutes back? Because it had been built by men. Uh, probably signed off by men. Uh, men can wee over the side. <laughs> uh, uh, like there's always yeah. this, this, you know what I mean? So yes. like, well, I don't have that sort of directional facility. And then younger women than me, I mean, obviously I do, you know, whatever, i crossed over, but the what are younger women doing at a time when they actually need to be closer to a bathroom uh, once every four or five weeks? We're oh only God. out there for eight weeks. So it was sort of using... My power to push for, not, I didn't have to push that hard. They are, I mean, you know, the production company that we all work with is essentially pretty much on all sorts of levels run by women. It's headed up by a man, uh, you know, a lot of that work is, I'm not sure I'm just describing it in the wrong way, but it's, you know, it is headed up by kick-ass women who know what they're doing. So there's a real fairness in saying, hey, this is not right. What do we do about that? And they like, oh, we didn't even realise that was happening up there. Let's change that. That's one of those things that I can make better for the women coming, you know, coming behind me.
0: And that is just one of the reasons that makes Julia Morris such a special woman. Do you know? It also reminds me of a time early in my news presenting career, when I was reading the news in what we call a double header. Now that basically means that two of us are reading the news together, and my co-host happened to be a man. Now, check this out. I wasn't allowed to read the lead news story or do any interviews. My male colleague did all of that. Now, I copped that when I first started, as I was young and also I knew that I needed more experience. But as the years passed, nothing changed. Now around five years later, I'd been in the job for five years, I knew that I had to stand up, I had to say something. And when I asked my boss why it was the way that it was, he told me, now wait for it, that's because he's a man and you're a woman. I was gobsmacked. I did know that that was the reason, but I still could not believe that my boss had no problems at all Articulating that to me. So, you know what I did? I wrote down that conversation on a bit of paper and then I went to our HR department. Now, they of course tried to laugh it off and say, Oh, that's just him, he's just having a joke. But I said to them, Wait a minute, if you look at what happens around the entire network, at the time it was all double header news bulletins with a man and a woman, not one woman read the lead news story or did any interviews. HR didn't realise this. So when I pointed that out, there was silence. And you know what happened? I left their office. Following day, I read the main news story. And from then on, we took turns. It then changed around the country, around that TV network. Now that was 25 years ago. It's really not that long ago when you think about it. We still have a way to go, but I think what that shows is that we need to raise our voices when we have the power to do that. We don't always have that power, but when we're at a point in our lives where we can use our voice, we must do it. So apart from doing that, how are we gonna change the way that women are treated in society? It is a big issue. Partly, I think what we need to do is to have good men, good, decent men by our side. We're not going to do this on our own. Now, my husband, Petey, he's a feminist. I mean, really, he hasn't got a choice, does he? He's married to me. I'm pretty strong, as you know. He's also raising two very strong daughters. Now, another good man who is making a difference for women is performer and proud Gamilaray man, Mitch Tambo. Here, he talks about the trauma of domestic violence, how it doesn't discriminate, and that all women need to feel safe.
2: Like it wasn't even like I intently set out to have real conversations about DV, but immediately I just started to have these real conversations with some sisters around me about their journey with domestic violence. And it was quite full on. And and then I dove a little deeper into the statistics, which were just so full on at the time, like and and varied, but it was almost like 35 times to 80 times more likely to be. Um, Impacted by domestic violence than any other woman on the planet, or something like that. But varied stats, dependent upon location and and whatever. But the essence of it was there. It's like, wow, this is incredible. That's wow, that is severe. And um, and I went and seen Black Panther at the movies. It was when Black Panther was out, and all these kids are walking out, pumped up, and I was so emotional because in that movie, the way in which they highlighted the beautiful women in the movie, it just made me think about our communities pre colonization. You know, like these matriarchal societies where women are held so high with so much regard and, you know, are like at the front, you know, in Black Panther, like there's, you know, warrior women like at the front, um, you know, women like leading medicine and, you know, Black Panther sister and just the way it was shot, I think they encapsulated all this diverse beauty and it just made me feel so emotional. Then the next day, Lazy Sunday, I got up, put some Netflix on, watched a bit of Redfern Now and it was where this sister, she got like raped in an alleyway, I think. And I remember just laying on the ground, like I shut my laptop and just laid on the ground and cried for like, I don't know, half an hour or more, maybe near an hour. I think it was like half an hour and then I just laid there reflecting because it just sort of all fell on my shoulders like how real it is and how I think, you know, DV's been so normalized in a lot of ways and it's just not cool and it made me reflect also, you know, we talk about kings and queens and princesses and all these royal titles and there's nothing more royal to me than coming from the oldest living continual culture on the planet and that only being because of our beautiful women and that gift of giving life, which is through their sacred womb. And I just feel there's nothing more royal than that. And um, because as you know, domestic violence doesn't discriminate. You can be a billionaire and be in a a DV relationship. So we need to have these open, honest conversations. And it wasn't um, to condemn brothers in my community or men in general, but also to go, you know, if you are a perpetrator um, and you're currently belittling your partner, uh, making them feel small or physically harming them, or or any of those things, then you need to look at that, and you need to go and access counselling, or you know maybe you got to go back on country and and find healing. But you must find a way to to put an end to it because we can't keep making our trauma someone else's, and we we've got to put an end to this to this cycle because you know what, our sisters, our mothers, our daughters, our nieces, all women have the right to feel safe and feel like their dreams and their life matters and that's it for me, you know.
0: Mitch Tambo there talking about how women are queens and how we need to end the cycle of violence. Another queen is Jackie O. She is one of the most powerful and influential women in Australian media. When she talks, people listen. So when she talks about smashing stereotypes around body shape, it's a message that needs to be
3: heard. As I get older, I am a lot more comfortable with whatever my weight may be and I really thank a lot of women out there for flying the flag to say, you know, bigger is beautiful, thin is beautiful, all sizes are beautiful. When I was growing up, it was just the supermodels who were beautiful and they were, you know, 5'10 and and flawless and skinny. And now everything's changed. You've and you know, whether you put down the Kardashians or you love them, um, one thing I will say is they've really, well, some of them have really kind of Flown the flag for curves and how curves can be sexy, and then you've got Bibi Rexa, You know she she's curvy and she really flaunts it. And Lizzo and these women—they love their bodies. They're not ashamed, and that is so inspirational. And that's giving me inspiration, and that's making me go, yeah. Why? Why do I care about what's t- supposed to be beautiful in society? Just work on you feeling beautiful and everything will come from there. So I've realised how important it is to send that message out there to young girls growing up because, you know, they need to see it's not all Photoshop and filters. It's good to – and I've noticed a trend on Instagram where people aren't putting filters on anymore and they are posting the real them. And it's so good to see a little bit of a change there. And you know what? There
0: is nothing wrong with a bit of a filter. I mean, I do love on Insta, a Valencia filter. It sort of gets away all of the tired bits on my face. But what is important to me is being open about that, being open about what is real and what is airbrushed. And I think that then means we take the pressure off ourselves, off other women, about living up to an absurd body standard. Now I'll tell you what was very open. And that was this conversation that I had with TV star, Carl Stefanovic. We co-hosted the Today Show together over 15 years ago. Now that year was one of the worst of my life. Now I hadn't spoken to Carl since that time. So we were both pretty nervous when we came together to have this conversation. Take a listen as Carl reflects on that shocking treatment that I received during that time simply because I was a woman.
4: There was really disgraceful things written about both of us, but but more horrendously for you in papers, that today would get, I think, probably a great deal of attention. And not in a positive way. Um, there's support now for women, and women have found their voice, and I think that's wonderful. But at the time, for someone like you to be on your own, and let's face it, we were both getting smashed. But but for you as a woman to have been attacked in the way that you were, I you know years later when I was going through you know a, a third and fourth wave of all that stuff, <laughs> um, I remember thinking, God, how did Jessica Rose survive? Um, because you know you're a mom um it was it's the hardest job in the world to do there was so much media attention and awful things written like like personal disgusting um I don't know how you get up in the morning kind of things um and and for me years later to have thought um you know that again we were both there and we were both experiencing it in different ways but not to have sort of sat and talked about it was is strange to me because now you would. But I think we were both under siege and we were both trying to survive. And um and it just to me I it was really a dark kind of period. And and there we are, both of us trying to say good morning to the nation and try and be happy when we were getting pummeled from every which way. But you know, at the end of the day it taught me to be tough and um it taught me to have a thick skin and to be able to know where the line is. But it did take me a long time to get there. Um, and unfortunately for you, it was like you didn't have a guy next to you who, who could have protected you and helped you in the in the way that um, that I should have. Um, and and for that, I'm I'm always sorry. Um, and I should have I should have been more there for you. Um, and for me, it was like you know I'm trying to do my own family thing. I had newborns and blah, and I just completely didn't think about anyone else. It was like shut down city. Um, so, you know, this is part of why I'm here today is to, is to apologise to you and I wish I'd been a better person and a better man and a stronger man, not just for myself but for you.
0: We have both grown up and changed since that time and it meant a lot to me to have Carl say sorry in that way. It is important, isn't it, to have those hard conversations sometimes, to say sorry, to realise that, hey, we all make mistakes And the only way that things are going to change for the better is if we recognise that and if we grow from that and learn from those mistakes. Hey, none of us are perfect. I know I'm not. Now, author, minimalist and philanthropist, Sarah Wilson, she's making big changes to the way that we move through our world. She is a strong woman who doesn't apologise for who she is and what she wants.
5: It's, you know, it's, an, it's a peculiar time in history to be a woman with strong opinions, to be a woman who doesn't apologise um, for who she is. And, and a woman who's, you know, financially independent. I don't need a man, right? I want a man in my life. I'd love a love you a know, life partner. The other thing is, Jess, as you get older, I mean, hopefully you partner with somebody, you're in a relationship with somebody who actually encourages you to have a better life than you did before if you're going backwards, then that's not a good sign. So as your life gets better and my life has got better as I've got older, it just does. My bar has got higher, not because I'm fussier. It's just because my life is a little bit awesome, you know, and richer and more full of character and whatever. And so, um, it does become more difficult. And I find I've generally found love overseas in other cultures, and that's why, really, I lived on the road for eight years. In Australia, I do find it quite difficult. I find, if I'm gonna be really honest, um, I find that the Australian culture is not wholly respectful of strong women, you know? We kind of get in the way. We kind of get in the way of the view
0: of the surf. I think Sarah's strength, coupled with her vulnerability, is her superpower. Now, speaking of super, how much do you love Danny Minogue? I know I do. She is a chaser of joy and she is embracing turning 50. Aging, getting older, it can be loaded for women. And Danny sees this significant birthday as a time to celebrate.
6: 50 is a different one because it is what I call a midlife celebration not a midlife crisis um, and thinking about you know my 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 grandma who's 101 so yes it's it's maybe going to be a midlife celebration maybe there's a lot more in me who knows
0: For me 50, I really feel like yes this is who I am and and I love it. I love getting older I don't I'm not frightened of getting older and it beats the alternative that that's what I reckon.
6: Yeah, and that, that's how I've always felt and that's what I try to share with friends whenever I catch them saying something negative about turning old and often they're not even aware that it's come out of their mouth. But it's just something you keep hearing, you keep hearing, so then you start saying it yourself and that's why I keep saying midlife celebration, midlife celebration, midlife celebration and hopefully it catches on for some other people to go, oh yeah it, it, it's to be celebrated because my big like moment where it really made me think about it and and I've thought about it every day since was my sister was sick with cancer. we didn't know if she would get through it. It was a terrifying time. My friend in London had cancer and then another best friend got cancer and she passed away from it, very young. It was horrible. And from that moment onwards, it, it really did upset me when I would hear someone say something negative about getting older, like, you have another day on this planet, yes, you might have another wrinkle, but whatever, it's you've got to enjoy every second of this precious life that you've been given.
0: And like Danny, I'm all for making every single moment count. Champion Ironwoman Candace Warner is also someone who doesn't waste a moment. However, she is open about how life hasn't always been easy and how she manages to keep showing up.
7: Yeah, well, I would probably feel like I've been rock bottom quite a few times, but every time I'm there, such beautiful things come of that. And at the time you think there's no way out. But you learn so much from those places and when you are in such a deep spot, you get to reassess your whole life and you sort of think, okay, it doesn't get any worse. Where do I want to go from here? Who do I want to surround myself with? What do I want to stand for? Uh, What mistakes have I made that I won't make again? And you, you learn so much about yourself and you grow as a person and you're almost better for it. Um, everyone's very quick to write people off. But what people don't understand is the inner strength of someone or what people are actually capable of when their
0: backs are against the wall. And that's it, isn't it? That you don't actually realise, I think, sometimes what you are capable of until your back is against the wall. You're an (laughs) absolute lioness because you just keep on keeping on. Because there was another time too, when I was so angry on your behalf, Mm. when during South Africa, when there were disgusting, horrible people throwing vile comments about you. I i am normally a meek and mild person, but I was yeah. so angry on your behalf. How how on earth do you endure that and cope with that?
7: Well, I've kind of had to live with it, so I have got used to it. Unfortunately, we live in a society where even just the other day I was going for a walk and people were calling things out and, and in this day and age i, I just it blows my mind to think people are so narrow-minded and um yeah but you you, I have learned to live with it and uh when I did see that in South Africa when all I was trying to do was support my husband go to a game of cricket and uh cheer on the Australian team and I was forced to uh defend myself or to almost hide because I was embarrassed it was you know it was a horrible horrible thing and it should never have been allowed, uh, the fact that some of the officials at the time thought it was funny and, and had photos with the men who were posing with masks on. Like I just think uh, it just goes to show how far I feel we've come since then and uh, that behaviour is just not tolerated.
0: Of course it's not. And and the part that also outrages me so much is that as a woman in the public eye, we endure far more than any bloke ever has to and that's what makes me furious mm. too.
7: Yeah, we're very we're so quick to be judged. Um if we lose weight, we're too skinny, we have an eating disorder. If we put on weight, then then we're fat and um you know, we're unhealthy. If we're looking tired, then you know, something's going wrong at home. We're always being judged and it's just um it's not fair, it's not right. I don't know when that's gonna change. I hope it's soon, but um, yeah, it's, it's not what you sign up for, that's for sure.
0: And Candice is right. When will this change? How long do we have to put up with this? Oh, I hope our girls don't have to deal with it. And I do believe that by sharing our experiences and using our voices in this way is one way that we are going to see some change. Someone who is using their voice is Courtney Act. Courtney is one of the first artists of our time to show their gender fluidity. In our conversation, Courtney challenged me about how I see gender and identity.
8: The first time I put on drag, I felt excited because I got to explore femininity and I felt free and I was never socialised directly to understand what was okay and what was not okay for a woman. And because of that, I don't have any of those, um, I don't have any of that shame. I understand that I grew up in an a essentially misogynistic society that taught us all to feel certain ways about women and femininity. But as far as, you know, um, Sitting with the well, I'm sitting with my legs crossed right now. But as far as like how women should act and what they should wear and how they should hold themselves, I I see those things and I can. But I I don't have any of the shame about being a coquettish woman.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But that's what's so fascinating, I think. And you, I I think you're spot on when you say that because, as a woman, you I know I sometimes have this sense, especially when I was younger. Not so much now, but when I was younger, grappling with oh no, I shouldn't be seen to be. Enjoying sex mm. or looking for someone who I just, I'm really sort of lusting after yeah. and just for the sake of that. Yeah. As opposed to, oh, no, no, I sh- that, a good girl doesn't do that. Exactly. And the fact that you didn't feel that way meant
8: you could enjoy yeah. so much more. And also, I just think it's, I just think it's, I think that's also telling of how much of those feelings are not our own that they're given to us by society because I think we often see what's in front of our face and we often respond to our conditioning, but we don't dig deeper or take a few steps back. And, like, I guess even the idea of, like, drag, right, me wearing women's clothes, in, in air quotes, women's clothes, nobody was, like, born wearing clothes. There was nothing that said that people with vaginas had to dress a certain way or people who had penises had to dress a certain way. That's just something that we've all consensually agreed upon. And so once you take a step back, maybe you can see that the idea that women should wear dresses is actually the absurd thing, not a boy wearing a dress. And I think that's why I love doing what I do. A, I love femininity, but I also love again, that disruption. It's almost like that punk element of, well, hang on, wait, maybe there's another way to think about this.
0: How cool is that? I reckon there is a bit of punk in all of us. You know, my hair is pink at the moment. I do love to embrace a bit of a different hair color. And as I get older, I get more comfortable with who I am. And I talk about this sense of empowerment with creative soul and celebrity chef Po Ling Yao.
9: It's taken me so long and I think it's a scourge that um, a lot of women suffer from. It's just feeling comfortable in your own skin. I think it's taken me so long to get here. And isn't it ironic that it's when it's starting to deteriorate that you start to like it? You you take take
0: it for granted less? But and i think that's so freeing i mean i'm open though i have botox i like to do little bits to make myself feel refreshed but mm. that's because it makes i make that decision as opposed yes. to feeling that you know society's forcing me to be that particular way no you know that's a really
9: good conversation to have i think there's um there's a lot of it that's going really far the other way but i think there is i i really I find it really interesting when I do a beauty post on Insta and this I get a lot, um, no, no that I shouldn't exaggerate. I get a lot of support for it, but then I'll get this small percentage that speak to me as if as a close to 50-year-old woman, I need them to give me advice on, on how I value myself because I just want to look my best and I shouldn't feel like, they're like going the other way like they're telling me that oh you know you look perfectly good without makeup actually I don't (laughs) can I just say I really don't look perfectly good without makeup I don't feel great without makeup and I think that's completely fine to say that and say that a little bit of it makes you feel better don't you think yeah so I think I think if it makes you feel great about yourself and just gives you that little pep in your in your step I think fantastic
0: Oh, I agree. There is nothing more like the transformative power of a bright lippy. As I speak to you, I am wearing coral lipstick. And that idea of transformation is part of the conversation I had with award-winning comedian Ursula Carlson. She's used pure grit and laughter to change the course of her
10: life. My brother once said to me, you get all the lucky breaks. I'm like, no, nah, bro, I'm ready. I'm just ready. I see it. When an opportunity comes, I will take it. Whether I think I'm ready or not, in my heart, I would rather just go and learn as I go than miss the entire opportunity. Whenever I talk to people now, like people in the mall will say to me, oh, um, I've always wanted to try comedy, but it's too late or whatever. And I'm like, as long as you're still sucking in air if you're taking on board oxygen you have time you have time to change the direction like I remember years ago I used to watch Oprah every afternoon after school I would get in I would jog the last five um you know 500 meters to my house just to get in to watch Oprah and there was a lady who um she her and her husband had five kids I think and then they had all left the house and she was a stay-at-home mum and then her husband retired and he died within a month of retiring so she was like 60 i think 60 or 61 years old and she always wanted to be a doctor and then all of a sudden she was a widow and an empty nester boom in a week you know and she's like i don't... so she enrolled at university and when she was 70 she became a registered doctor and she started practicing as a doctor and i thought if she can do it I can do it, anyone can do it. Like, honestly, if you can change the, the direction of your life, like a handbrake turn and Fast and Furious, why wouldn't you?
0: Ursula's can-do attitude is so inspiring and it makes you think about just going for it. A woman who has also made things happen is singer, songwriter and actor Jessica Malboy. She is a boss lady, and she talks here about how she's grown in confidence as a songwriter. Now she's unapologetic about owning who she is and what she's entitled
11: to. For the last five years, I've been doing a lot of acknowledging of looking at the catalogue of, you know, my world of music and what have I put out there and what have I not put out there? And, you know, what do I want to say next or how did a a situation made me feel? And it was just kind of compiling all of these experiences and uh, moments in my life. And yeah, it was like, it it was a struggle and I was feeling like welcome to my future, like this, this, this new future, future of like, you know, filtered, unfiltered, but also um, a sense of like now kind of stepping out everything that I put out there. I know because I've, I've approved it. It come from me. It's, it is me. This is, this is what I want to say. And it just seemed so perfect to be able to, you know, say something that felt so strong, but also slightly kind of intimidating, but also being boss and also owning and being unapologetic about owning, you know, what you are entitled to. You know, we had this wonderful conversation with, you know, George Maple, who was the writer, you know, the incredible artist and writer in the room, um, as well as Cosmos Midnight. But uh, this woman-to-woman kind of banter felt like just exhilarating and liberating, Um, and I hadn't done a, a lot of work uh, and, and particularly riding with a lot of women. Um, and, yeah, it just felt so kind of natural to kind of dive into this world of being, um, you know, just a womanly and polite, which was so nice and was it's very beautiful. different in a lot of the riding experiences.
0: Someone who also has an extraordinary energy is reality TV and radio star Abby Chatfield, I'm in awe of Abby's confidence and the way she owns her sexuality and power. Now, I'm a mum of teenage daughters, and I also want my girls to love their bodies. But you know what I struggle with is the G-string bikinis that my eldest daughter and many of her friends insist on wearing to the beach. Sure, I want them to feel confident, but I also want to protect them from perverts, from oogling eyes of people with not very good intentions. My daughter says to me, these cozies are fashionable. I do understand that. I mean, I used to go topless at Bondi Beach when I was her age, and it wasn't sexual. It was fashionable at the time for me to be doing that. And also, I didn't want to get any tan lines. I wanted to know, though, what Abby thinks about my mum
12: worries. If people are going to be perv, they're going to perv if you're in a full piece, if you're in a little micro bikini, if you're in a G-string. And my mum just says the same thing. She's like, your bottom's out. And I'm like, yes, mum. Like ever since I was say major age as well, she's like, your bloody bottom's out. And I'm like, yes, mum, I have a good bottom. And she's like, yes, you do. But you've got a beautiful figure, but please. And I'm like, mum. I mean, I, I, I think that, yeah, like I say, there are people going to be gross no matter what. If that makes her feel confident, I think as well, maybe talking to her saying that, people it's going to make her ashamed of her body and ashamed of her ass like you were topless when you were a teenager well,
0: of and but that's what she'll come back to me at because i yeah. always she'll go mum you tell me that i should love my body and i've got a beautiful body yes, so she, this is what i'm doing so she does she throws yeah. it all mm-hmm, back at me mm-hmm. but it's it's that struggle within myself to try and um, make sense of it protect her Let her embrace herself and be positive. And and I suppose where it came to a head, and and a part of me was very proud of her, Mm. she went out with with a girlfriend. We dropped them off. Mm -hmm. It's like, I've got to drop you off. You're not going on your own. I'll pick you up. And she went to a restaurant with a friend. Then she was walking past a table outside and there were these older men. And often I think women or young girls can look older than they are, mm-hmm. but these older men were looking them up and down and said something very inappropriate. Mm. But my daughter turned around. And as I said, I'm not a swearer. Yeah. She Amazing. turned around and she said to this man, Get effed. I'm not going to say it. I love that. I'm
12: 14, you pervert. What? An Icon. And kept walking. So they can take care of themselves. <laughs> she can take and, care of herself. And she told me this really proudly when I
0: picked her up from the pizza oh restaurant god. at ten thirty. And but but, but that's but what I used other, to do. Yeah, but the other part of me, I was like, yes, go. But then there was another part of me that was like, oh my god, what if he would have turned around, yeah. and abused her more or been violent mm. or something? And so it was a real. Um,
12: I, 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 I still grapple with that. Just think we're, we're in a bind as yes. women. Even as an adult woman now, I, I have I have people yell things at me, you know, and I turn around I go, get F. Then you kind of think if I say something to you, you could come around Um, like that that Knox scrammer boy who then hit that young woman who said something to him when he was trying to slut shame her for what she was wearing. That is a very real consequence and it is scary. Um, but it's it's a it's it's I don't even know what to say because I still don't know if I should react. If I'm by myself, I often don't react. I just keep walking even with friends, I'll react because I'm like, if you you know I've got I've got my girls behind me or I've got someone with me. but it is I wish I had the answer. I wish I knew what she should do, but I'm proud of her because that's what I was doing when I was 14 as well. I'd be like, shut up, shut <laughs> go away. Um which is great. But it is concerning because then men's egos get bruised and they want to prove something. Um, but I think in that instance, was it during the day? No, at night. Yeah, it's scary, hey. It's scary because then if you embarrass the person in front of their grown adult mates, they may then, may then want to retaliate. But it's very scary. It's just the it's just reality of what we have to deal with this women and what she's going to have to deal with. So I, I don't know what the answer is to that. It's awful, isn't it?
0: And it still makes me filled with rage when I think about the tight rope that women walk when it comes to dealing with some men. But young, strong, fierce women like Abby are amazing role models for both young women and older women like me. Another marvellous woman is singer, songwriter and actor, Casey Donovan. Casey is a proud Indigenous woman who keeps getting back up again, no matter what challenges she's faced in her life. Listen, as she talks about the different ways that society has treated her, depending on the shape of her beautiful body.
13: As soon as someone loses weight, it's like they're this brand new human. It's like they have this superpower. And I'm like, well, that person has been the same person this whole time. And it's only now that you're opening your eyes to this beautiful human who's changed their shape or, you know, gone on a journey for themselves to feel socially accepted or what society puts on them to be accepted. And I just, yeah, it's it's such a, a weird, weird thing to kind of see and witness and feel myself, you know, I'm living my best life and being healthy and trying to do the best and. You know, looking amazing and feeling amazing. But you know, it's like, oh my God, you've lost so much weight. It's like, well, I've worked really hard to, you know, love myself and appreciate me and thank you. That's nice. But you know, this is this is mine. But um yeah, it's 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 a difficult thing to go through and to watch society slowly evolve with many, many things that, you know, we've been pushing over the many, many years to change or to accept. Um, but, yeah, I think that it's it's a slow road. We're getting there eventually. But, um,
0: yeah, it's just I'm going on a bit of a rant. but um, <laughs> No, no, it's not a rant at all. I think it, it needs but, to um, be said. And, yeah, and it also, does. And also to, you know, you say you know, how difficult it is. But did it get as bad for you that you wouldn't want to leave the house because of anxiety and depression o- over how people would perceive you or judge you?
13: Oh, certainly. Um, You know, still to this day, you know, body dysmorphia is very real and when, you know, for me, everything is amplified because there's always lots of eyes, so I can't imagine what someone Would feel not being in this light and trying to go outside and to have all those fears and thoughts and, you know, everything going through your mind to even leave the house. It's hard. So I've certainly had those days. And some days I still have those days. I went shopping the other day and, you know, we're looking for plus size or size inclusive clothing. And I had to go to the fourth level of a shopping center where it was steaming hot to find that there were, you know, a few items of clothing for people that were over a size 18. And it broke my heart because I just thought this is, this is sad. It's not inclusive. It's not on the main floor with everything else. And there's lights and great music. And now, hi, can we help you? It's like, hello, can someone help me find, is is there a dressing room anywhere? So it's, yeah, society tells us that we shouldn't be like this, but here we are kind of going, well, we're doing our absolute bloody best. Everyone has the right to their opinion and just I feel like there just needs to be less anger and more conversations and more people listening um, and not taking it on as an insult, but just going, I hear that, but this is my opinion. So... Um, Yeah, there's certainly days where I just, I didn't want to leave the house. And I just felt like, all right, I'll try again tomorrow. And that's all we can do, is you just got to keep getting up and keep trying.
0: And we must keep trying for ourselves, for our sisters and our daughters. And you know what else we need to do as women? We need to back each other. We need to support each other, hold one another up, listen to our stories, believe our stories, say, You are enough. That is so important to me. I know that our guests have inspired you with their stories in this special episode for International Women's Day. They've inspired me to live a bigger and braver life. So why not dig a little deeper and listen to our full conversations by following the Jess Rowe Big Talk Show in your podcast feed. The Jess Rowe Big Talk Show was presented by me, Jess Rowe. Executive producer, Nick McClure. Audio producer, Nikki Sitch. Supervising producer, Sam Kavanagh. Until next time, remember to live big. Life is just too crazy and glorious to waste time on the stuff that doesn't matter. Listener.